Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for June the 8th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. And we have a variety of topics to dive into on today's program, including first and foremost, that it's been a very rough week on Twitch because streamers are getting blindsided with years-old copyright notices. Over the last few days, a furor has been brewing on Twitch. Out of the blue, streamers started seeing copyright takedown notices appear in their inboxes. The claimant was listed as the Recording Industry Association of America, and the infringing material was mostly recorded clips of old live broadcast. And that's a problem because it's stated very clearly in the Twitch TOS, of course that being terms of service, that if your account is dinged with three of these strikes, you will get permabanned from Twitch. The clips themselves were sometimes years old too, which is a bigger headache because streamers who have been on the platform long enough to have accumulated tons of these and now have a backlog rights holders can mine to file takedowns. Twitch does not have the tools yet to let creators bulk delete clips, let alone sift through hundreds at a time that may or may not contain copyright infringing content. Clips are an integral part of live streaming culture. They are short videos from a stream, no longer than 60 seconds, and they are generated by viewers instead of the streamers. They usually contain the punchiest and most pungent moments from a stream because they are so short they will travel well outside of Twitch, which means they are useful for introducing new audiences to a channel or a streamer. Clips don't really go viral on Twitch, it's not a part of the platform's design because of its lack of a traditional algorithmic feed. As an internet platform, Twitch has to abide by these takedowns under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, DMCA, because it is the law that governs copyright online. Essentially, Twitch can protect itself from copyright infringement lawsuits if it complies with the safe harbor provisions set out in the law itself, which include taking down infringing material as a platform becomes aware of it and adopting and implementing a repeat offender policy. The same is true for videos and music uploaded to Twitter, YouTube, and other platforms. That means the streamers affected by the recent flurry of takedowns are theoretically in a lot of trouble. The notices have been sent and now Twitch is required to take action, even if that is not fair to all streamers. But because these notices are sudden, myriad, and targeted, it is not clear exactly how this is going to play out. Twitch says it is now building new tools for streamers to use to take down infringing clips, which will help. But because of the way these takedowns were delivered, the author says they think that Twitch might bend its rules slightly. I don't think we will see a corresponding flurry of bans. At least I hope we won't because that would be a very strange precedent for Twitch to set. This mass takedown also conveniently represents a much larger question. Is the way we handle copyright on the internet broken? I don't think the answer would surprise anyone and I believe that is unequivocally no. This is a very complicated issue. So first and foremost, if you are watching this and you are a Twitch streamer, right now especially, it is very important for you to stop using copyrighted content on your streams if you are doing so. Uh, of course, one of the biggest elements of Twitch is music. It goes hand in hand with content created on the platform. Uh, because if you are sitting there playing a game for six to eight hours, if you are a very hardcore streamer, uh, you probably have some kind of background music playing. I'm guilty of this as well. Whenever I streamed on the regular basis on Twitch, I would have Pearl Jam, I would have Stone Temple Pilots, I would have Red Hot Chili Peppers, whatever it might be, I would play music constantly, and it was also often integrated into my alerts, the foundational part of the Twitch experience. 
And so I think that I'm not alone in the assumption that that was kind of the foundation that many people built their presence on Twitch on. And to have that yanked out from underneath you is certainly something that is going to be disruptive to the space overall. Uh, but this is not something that is blindsiding people, or at least it shouldn't really be blindsiding people, uh, because we've been hearing about the DMCA takedowns coming to Twitch for a very long time. Uh, it is by all stretches of the imagination, something that is largely lawful, although it is drastically out of touch and drastically outdated. Of course, you see a lot of people talking on Twitter about this entire issue, and I would encourage you, if you are interested in learning more, to tune into the conversation happening on social media right now. But ultimately, the biggest takeaway from this discussion is that you need to stop using copyrighted content on Twitch. Uh, I am a big fan of the playlist that has been curated and created by Harris Heller over on Twitch. You can follow him on Twitter at Harris Heller. Uh, he has created Stream Beats, which is an entire Spotify playlist, and it's also available elsewhere, of DMCA-free, I suppose is the best way to put it, copyright-free music that can be used on Twitch, on YouTube, on any piece of content that you create. And I think that's going to be the result of this entire movement. I think that you are going to be seeing less copyrighted material streamed on Twitch, but you are going to see the rise of this entire catalog of content curated by the Twitch community uh, that is able to be used online in any kind of format. And I think that's going to be a big benefit for independent streamers as the streaming space continues to grow. But no matter how good uh, copyright-free content is, there's still something to be said about being able to share a moment uh, that ties together two different pieces of culture with an audience online. If you connect somebody to a new band, if you are listening to an album you loved as a kid, if you are discovering new music from curated playlists created by your audience, there is something about that uh, that was unique on Twitch, and I think that is going to be largely a uh, relic of the past in the coming weeks and months. Uh, but of course, I will let you know if any new information comes out of this movement, but right now, Twitch streamers are certainly in some hot water, including very big ones, mind you. Very, very big streamers are seeing a lot of issues from this. But we have a bunch of events that have gotten moved. First and foremost, that postponed PlayStation 5 event has been rescheduled for June the 11th, just three days away. Really two, if you want to think about it that way. The previously postponed PlayStation 5 event has been rescheduled for later this week with a revised date of June the 11th. The news originally came from a Reset Era post, which bears an official picture from Sony with the caption, Join us June the 11th at 9 p.m. BST. The ad apparently just went live on Twitch, writes the poster, 9pm BST, which was the same time as when it was meant to be last week. The rescheduled PlayStation 5 event has since been officially confirmed by Sony itself, and of course it is going to be on Thursday, June the 11th at 1pm Pacific Time, 9pm BST, for a look at the future of gaming on the PlayStation 5, and you can tune into PlayStation.com PS5. Originally set to air on June the 4th, the PS5 event was postponed indefinitely out of solidarity with the protest against racial injustice and police brutality here in the United States. As well as Sony, industry giants such as Riot Games, Naughty Dog, and Microsoft published explicitly supportive responses of the Black Lives Matter movement, and we have talked about that in depth over the course of the past week or so. Uh, so this is an event that was postponed from last week, now pushed about a week out to Thursday, June the 11th, which is when we are going to be seeing the future of gaming. Specifically, this is going to be a little over an hour of games being showcased. It's going to be similar in vain uh, to the Xbox event that 
we have seen before, and this is going to be our first look at the games we get on the PlayStation 5. And this is very exciting, because I think between this and the Xbox event scheduled for July, you are going to be seeing the setup for this fall. You are going to be seeing the PlayStation versus Xbox head-to-head -head combat uh, that we are all so used to, and that we all know and hate or love, depending on how you look at the industry. Uh, but I would love to see big first-party games, big console exclusives. I need to know why I need to buy a PlayStation 5 this year. Or alternatively, in July, Xbox needs to show me why I need to buy an Xbox Series X this holiday if they do have some exclusives on their console that are worth checking out. Uh, but this is when things really start to heat up. Again, if you want to tune in, you can check out the future of gaming on June the 11th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Of course, that is 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 9 p.m. BST if you did want to tune into PlayStation.com slash PS5. Ironically, Gran Turismo trademarks were filed on the original date of the PlayStation 5 event. Evidence is mounting for the announcement of a next-gen Turismo game. Or I should say a next-gen Gran Turismo game, but it just rolled off the tongue for PlayStation 5. A few weeks ago, racing peripheral maker Next Level Racing seemingly outed the existence of Gran Turismo 7 in a social post. The company said it was a fan-made logo and they denied any knowledge of the next installment in Sony's long-running simulation series. Fast forward to now, and PlayStation has been busy needing up its trademarks for the hollowed racing franchise. In Argentina, Sony Interactive Entertainment has renewed trademarks for the Gran Turismo name, the GT logo, and Polyphony Digital, developer of the series. What's perhaps most interesting about this, though, is that these trademarks were all filed on the 4th of June, the original date of the PlayStation 5 games reveal event. This event was, of course, postponed indefinitely, but these newly filed listings suggest Sony is planning to unveil the next Gran Turismo, presumably named Gran Turismo 7, during this PlayStation 5 broadcast. There is not much more information to draw from this, but the timing is suspect, to say the least. I think this makes complete sense. Uh, now, of course, Gran Turismo 6, not that well received. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, uh, I believe that came out towards the end of the PlayStation 3 lifecycle. In fact, I think it launched the week after the PlayStation 4 launched, and the game never did come to the PlayStation 4. Then we saw Gran Turismo Sport, uh, which has gotten a slew of support from not only the community, but post-launch support from the developers, uh, creating an entire library of racing content in that one title that has continued uh, to leave fans wanting more year after year. And on top of that, I will also mention that when it comes to racing games, they are a pretty good way to showcase what a gaming console is capable of in terms of quality, in terms of aesthetic, in terms of visuals, uh, because they are not overly intensive, and you can use a lot of the system's resources to improve the glint of the sun off of the hood. You can do uh, the reflection off of the rims. You can talk about the crowns. You can talk about the surroundings, the mountains in the distance, whatever it might be. The racing genre tends to leave a lot of room for creativity when it comes to how you want to present your piece of content. But if you are a fan of racing games and you're looking forward to the PlayStation 5, it looks like you can expect something this Thursday. But an Xbox event has been pushed all the way back to August. Now, right off the bat, this title is sort of kind of clickbait. This is not the big July event that is going to be showcasing games, specifically Halo Infinite. No, this is something that was going to be held later this month. The Xbox event planned for June has been pushed all the way back to August, meaning Xbox is unlikely to show off any new games this month. The news comes from reporter Jeff Grubb, who compiled a summer games mess list featuring all of the events arranged to fill the void left in the wake of E3's cancellation this year. 
Xboxing Day dropped all the way to August, Grub writes. When prompted about whether or not this means Microsoft is just going to ditch June entirely, Grub says it mostly boils down to not wanting to quote go first, that is not wanting to show its hand before Sony shows theirs. It might do something else in June, reads the tweet. It could definitely be bring Xboxing Day back into June once Sony goes, but it definitely does not want to go first for this part. The sheer amount of rescheduling occurring at present makes it difficult to take these dates without a pinch of salt, though. As Grubb points out, it's almost worth labeling the majority of dates, revised or not, as wildcards, in that they were largely subject to change at any moment. It is worth clarifying that the first-party event scheduled for July is still set to go ahead, although the wildcard argument stands. It has already been confirmed that Halo Infinite will make an appearance at the Xbox July event, and that Xbox Series X production is already underway. Meanwhile, the PlayStation 5 event originally set to air on June the 4th is now rescheduled for, as we said, June the 11th. I think this is an interesting move to say the least, and I'm not a fan of how this is lining up because I'm ready for somebody to put their foot down and be the leader in the space. Bite the bullet, make your argument, and take a stand. Tell me how much your console is going to be, tell me your release date, and tell me what games I'm going to be getting on it at launch. I'm tired of playing these games. The PlayStation 5, I need to see that piece of hardware. I'm tired of waiting. It is now June. There are roughly five months until I'm buying your piece of shit. I need to see it, okay? Seriously, just show me the console and then tell me how much I'm going to pay for it. Because nine times out of 10, if I see a console and I see its price tag, if you have good games, I'm going to be getting it. Especially if it's a PlayStation console, because you see the quality of content that you've put out this generation. You have God of War, you have remastered Uncharted games on top of two of the best Uncharted games that I've played to date. Additionally, you have The Last of Us Remastered, The Last of Us Part 2 is shaping up to be the game of the generation. Not just for PlayStation, for Xbox as well. On top of that, Ghost of Tsushima doesn't look half bad and you have so many other games littered in between there. Just tell me what you got, specifically at PlayStation, Xbox. I really need to see what you have, because right now I'm beginning to lose faith. Uh, whenever you are spending more time marketing Obsidian's Grounded as compared to big name titles like Halo Infinite, I'm getting a little bit worried. Uh, when it comes to your piece of hardware, is it the most graphically capable machine on the market in terms of consoles? Yeah, it very well could be, but I need to know why I need to buy this one. Minecraft Dungeons isn't cutting it for me. Backwards compatibility with Minecraft Dungeons still not cutting it for me. Uh, so with all that being said, getting a little bit passive aggressive, the Xbox event has been pushed all the way back to August and it looks like things are starting to really get shaped up. Now for a slew of delays. The Steam Game Festival has been delayed until June the 16th, although no reason has been given as to why. Of course, now it is going to be held June 16th through the 22nd, as compared to its original dates of June the 9th through the 14th, as announced over the weekend by Jeff Keighley. No announcement was, uh, or no reason was given for this change of plans, but it is presumed uh, that it is the ongoing racial uh, protest, or racially driven protest, uh, I should say. Uh, how can I say this without, let's call it what it is. The police brutality-driven protest here in the United States, it seems they have pushed these, these events back just one more week. Additionally, EA Play Live has also been delayed by an entire week. In a statement, the publisher said, quote, with the important conversations taking place and important voices being heard around the world right now, we are moving our time to come together and play, end quote. 
The digital event, originally planned for June the 11th, will be again streaming at 4pm PST, 7pm EST, and midnight UK, and deliver world premieres, news, and more, now on Thursday, June the 18th, if you did want to tune into that. And you can tune in, of course, to the regular outlets as you would expect, Twitch, YouTube, etc., on the EA channels. Now, an interesting story to continue, Destiny 2 Season of the Arrivals has been listed on the PlayStation Store thanks to some in-game microtransactions. And if this isn't a good reason to never include microtransactions in your game, I can't imagine one that's better. Destiny 2's next major expansion will be called Season of Arrivals according to a PlayStation Store listing for the unannounced content. There are no major details about the content in the product listing, but fans should not have to wait long to find out more as Bungie plans to reveal the next step in the Destiny universe during a stream beginning at 9am Pacific Time, 5pm UK on June the 9th. In May, Bungie said it had, quote, exciting news to share about its plans for the future, and earlier this month, a Destiny 2 expansion teaser featured a snowy landscape similar to concept art for Europa, a moon orbiting Jupiter. The studio also confirmed in May that D2 will be released for Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. In a reply to a tweet about Xbox Series X development partners, Bungie said Destiny would be coming to next-gen platforms and that more details would be revealed in the future. Of course, the game is currently out on Xbox One, PS4, PC, and Stadia, and over the weekend we saw the first live event held in Destiny 2, which saw the arrival of this unannounced alien species that crash-landed a few miles away from the hub world of D2, and you can see it off in the distance. Similar to the events held in Fortnite, this didn't impact the overall gameplay, but it did give uh, players a bit of a, uh, a piece of art, uh, if you will, an emblem that you could redeem in the tower, and you can sport on your character. But hopefully this is a moment of pivoting for Destiny 2. Of course, the game has been falling out of fan favor uh, over the course of the past season because there simply isn't much to do. Uh, since the launch of, I believe it was Shadowkeep, I want to say. Uh, I could be wrong about that. I've been watching a lot of Destiny streamers in the past few days, so these names are beginning to blend together. Uh, but the last big expansion for Destiny 2 uh, certainly did generate a lot of fan feedback, a lot of, of positive feedback, I will say that. And then over the past season, it just has continually dwindled and dwindled, and now fans are back to being disappointed. So, Season of the Arrivals could be coming soon, according to this uh, big piece of news that is uh, $21.95 listed on the PlayStation Store as Silver Bundle. And finally, to round out today's show, Need for Speed Heat is getting crossplay, and it's the first EA game to do so. And on top of that, Criterion Games has updated the game, but they have also announced a new Need for Speed is in development. Need for Speed Heat, the 2019 racing game developed by Ghost Games, is getting crossplay support on PS4, Windows PC, on both Origin and Steam, and Xbox One starting June the 9th. Criterion Games, which has taken over development of the Need for Speed franchise, announced crossplay support on Monday, confirming that Tuesday's update will be the final update for Heat. Need for Speed Heat will be the first Electronic Arts developed game to support cross-platform multiplayer, said Matt Webster, general manager of Criterion Games. Quote, once you've installed the update, you can see the full update notes here, mentions Polygon, you can opt in to race players across PC, PS4, and Xbox One, Webster said in a blog post. You can search for your friends who are playing on any of the above systems, given they've opted in for crossplay as well, inside the Find Players menu. Then go to the new EA Friends tab in the Party menu to see who is online to play with. Need for Speed Heat, as well as Need for Speed Rivals and 2016's Need for Speed, was released on Steam alongside other EA games last week. 
EA says more of its PC catalog will come to Steam, and we of course talked about that last week, and more info should be coming during the EA Play Live presentation on June the 18th for more Need for Speed and Steam announcements. So it looks like a brand new game is going to be launching alongside this fall's big console reveals. So uh, that is good. And of course, in regards to that Need for Speed game, Criterion says, quote, or at least Webster says, quote, we are listening to what you love about this experience and what you all believe could be even better. With these insights, we have a terrific foundation to create the most expressive, most socially connected action-packed game yet for Need for Speed fans and beyond. As far as that quote goes about the socially connected experience, okay, but I really just want a good racing game. Just a good street racing game. Going back to stuff like Need for Speed Most Wanted, absolutely. Need for Speed Underground 2, even better. Uh, those are the experiences that I want. A socially connected racing game, leave that to Forza Horizon or Project Cars 3, uh, whatever you want to do. I just want a very good narrative-driven racing game. And the narrative doesn't even have to be that good. As long as the arcade race is. Uh, one thing that I would love to see is burnout, or at least elements of burnout that are brought into the world of Need for Speed. That would certainly be a big benefit in my book. Uh, but we will see more news on June the 18th. Sorry, got a little got a little Southern <clears throat> in the throw there. Uh, we'll see more news on June the 18th if you did want to tune in. Uh, but until then, at least you can play crossplay on Need for Speed Heat with players on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I think a lot of the people that are seeing this announcement are asking, so does that mean I'm going to be getting crossplay in other Electronic Arts games? Yeah, probably. Uh, but I think this was the logical first step towards implementing crossplay across the board. Because there's no competitive advantage uh, to being on console or PC when it comes to racing games. Uh, even if you are playing on mouse and keyboard versus something being played on a, a controller itself, the difference is negligible. In fact, it is arguable that the controller player might actually have more of an advantage than you. Uh, so this is something that's easy to implement, a good testing ground, one that isn't going to be too difficult to turn on or off if things get a little bit sketchy, but that won't be the case. I have full faith this is going to uh, go very well. So that is what we have on today's show, and that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed this one, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about everything we talked about here today. What do you think about the Twitch situation? Are you looking forward to the PlayStation 5 event this week, or are you looking more forward to the Xbox event held in July, or maybe even the one for August? Who knows? Uh, let me know what you think in the comments section down below. Until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic night. I'll talk to you soon, and peace.